Welcome to Gimme Some Truth. I'm Kevin Castro, your podcast producer, and your co-hosts are Clint Walkner and Nate Condon, the co-owners and financial advisors at Walkner Condon Financial Advisors in Madison, Wisconsin. This is a podcast series dedicated to illuminate some of the darkness around fees, conflicts of interest, and the motivation behind recommendations in the financial planning industry. Here are your hosts. joining us on Give Me Some Truth. Today we're going to focus a little bit more on, instead of the industry, focusing more on our meetings and our experiences uh, from some of our clients and previous clients and uh, what they say and what they mean. And so we're calling this podcast Clients and Their Alternative Facts. Uh, I'd never heard that phrase. Nor Not is those kind else. of alternative facts. That's though. right. That's right. <laughs> Uh, we haven't heard those sorts of things until they entered our vernacular about a few months ago uh, during the election. So clients and their alternative facts. Uh, so as far as things that clients say and what they do, Nate, uh, what happens when a client comes in and says, I'm going to read a bit more and when I'm more educated about the markets, I'm going to make a change, like get back in the market or make buys or something like that. What are they really saying? Well, from our experience, what they're really saying is, I want to delay my decision. I want to pause on uh, whether it be putting money into the market, whether it be making an adjustment to an allocation. Essentially, what, what we're hearing is, I want to wait. Um, and that's not a, a slight against investors or, or clients. That's basically just realizing that this is what is being said when we say things like, I want to seek to understand. I want to read a bit more. I want to get more educated. Nothing wrong with getting educated in the market as long as it's for the right reasons and it's not simply to delay a decision um, in lieu of having to make a decision at that time. What are some of those like right reasons to delay a decision then? Well, I think I would change a little bit and say, what when is it the right time to get more educated or say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause and get more educated? There, I think it makes more sense if we're talking about a complex investment product that maybe the um, the client or the investor is is not as familiar with or needs to just get a little bit more information about or needs to understand a little bit better. Um, or maybe it's a situation where it's a, a you know, within the, a financial planning um, scenario where they don't quite understand what their plan means for them. Those are reasons where pausing and getting more information and, and kind of investing in a little bit further makes more sense. We hear it more when the market is getting into uh, what we'll call scarier, or at least for investors, scarier territory. Then we feel that the education or, quote, idea of I'm going to become more educated means to a client, I'm going to know more tomorrow than what I know today, which is true. The problem is they don't know more about the next day than they did today. And, and, and so basically it's a way of saying I want to wait and educate myself so that I can tell the future and I'll be able to do that six months from now better than I can today. We can't tell the future any better tomorrow than we could today or as we could yesterday. Yeah, you just have a little bit more data, but that data doesn't necessarily help you make that decision. So, you know, you have so much prior data that you can rely on and look at. And, you know, having a few more months of data really doesn't change anything. 
almost no matter what happens in the market. So, yeah, I completely agree with you, Nate, on that. Um, and the whole becoming educated piece of it is more of, for better words, saying it's a stall tactic than anything else and saying that, you know, I'm just going to gather information and I'm going to be an educated consumer after that. And, you know, on, on a TV purchase or something like that, uh, where I can read a bunch of reviews that might be possible, but you're talking about a completely uncertain fortune uh, going forward. And so anything can happen in the market during that period of time that could cause all of that data to be thrown up in the air. So uh, trying to to do that is more of a delay than anything else. And it's not that, um, that that's a negative thing to delay a decision, but to say that you're going to know more in the future is kind of a fallacy. And that, that I, that's the point I was going to bring up too, is that it's normal saying that from an investor, that's normal behavior. So we're not, we're not saying that, that it's abnormal. We're not saying that it's wrong. We're not saying that it's, um, you know, atypical. It's a normal thing to feel like we're going to have more information in the future. Our experience is that all it, it essentially leads to is a delay in making an inevitable decision that we then have to make six months later. Um, but we're going to feel the same six months from now as we do today in regard to that decision. And I think the hard part about it also is that you feel that kind of buyer's remorse after you make that decision. And so almost every time that we make that decision, there's a negative feeling afterward because now we have put our stamp on and we've said, now we're moving forward with this decision. And so it's very difficult to do that. And whether it's a car purchase or a home purchase or an investment, um, oftentimes we go through that remorseful period after it. And I think recognizing that that's a normal piece of human psychology, that after you make that decision, all of a sudden you're going to feel bad about that is, is totally, totally normal. And, and another thing to, to recognize there is just know, and, and from a standpoint, I know that whenever I put money into an investment automatically, it's going to go down because that's just how nature works. And so I think that from a client perspective, if you have that kind of attitude going, you know what, tongue in cheek, I'm going to put money in and I know it's going to go down and, and whatever, I'm going to be able to deal with that. If you look at it kind of that way and, and kind of put a smile on your face when you do it, it makes that process a little bit easier. Yeah, it's exactly right. I mean, it's, it's a, it, it, it kind of uh, parallels a, a great quote from Teddy Roosevelt, who said, um, you know, the best outcomes generally come from making the right decision. The next best outcomes are from making the wrong decision. The worst outcomes come from making no decision. Um, it, it took some creative liberty on that. But essentially what, what his point was is, you know, delaying a decision generally leads to the worst outcome. We're actually better off making a wrong decision. And that's, in a way, kind of what Clint was referring to tongue-in-cheek is, you know, you put money in and it goes down two weeks later, we go, oh, that was the wrong decision. But at least it was a decision to get money into the market and over time that will pan out to be the right decision. That is actually a better scenario than saying, I'm going to wait and I'm going to make a decision to put money in at some later undefined date. And I think in relation to that, one of the things we see a lot of people too is they'll say to us, I want to wait until things get better. Mm -hmm. And so... Nate, what does that mean? What it, it means on the surface and what it really means are two totally different things. So what it means on the surface is I want to wait until the market is less scary to put money in. The problem with it, because that seems like a reasonable thought. The problem with it is getting better in most people's eyes means I want to wait until the market goes up further or recovers more because then it's safer to put money in the market. I think what our our view of it is, is that the market, if we're investing over long periods of time, the, the, the safety aspect of it is, is really 
uh, not something we should look at because the market in and of itself is never, quote, safe. There's always risk involved with it. It's just a matter of how long we're going to have our money in. And this idea of I'm going to wait till things get better. All we're really saying is I'm going to wait till something gets more expensive because I'm going to feel better about buying it at that time. What we've learned about Kevin's short stay here at Walkner Condon is that he is a man that absolutely values a good deal. Uh, Kevin likes things that are on sale. That's so, putting it lightly, too. So, so, as, as Kevin partook in the $1 sub at a local sub shop the other night. So Kevin doesn't make any sense for somebody to say, I'm going to wait until this gets more expensive, and then I'm going to buy it once it's more expensive. Uh, from my perspective, absolutely not. So you want to buy low. Yeah, the problem is with that is that the scariest time in the market is when it's the most on sale. So if you think about it this way, you know, in, in 2009, uh, the Dow hit like 6,500, right around there. And, you know, when the Dow hit that, there was not a line outside our doors to invest money. And if you look at it from that perspective, when is the least amount of risk in the market? Well, it's when the market is at its low point, because what's the chance that it goes from 6,500 and the Dow to zero? Well, there's, that's a very, very low percentage. The Dow's never done that. And the Dow went through you know, an extreme downturn during that period of time. And it actually was the most advantageous time to put money in that we had seen really in our lifetimes. Um, and no one wanted to invest because they thought it could go from 6,500 to 5,500 to 4,500. And it went precipitously down uh, during that period of time. So it was super, super scary. Right now, it's probably one of the easier times to put money in because you've seen it run up. Uh, over the time. And, and, you know, it's really interesting to see people say, I want to wait until things get better. It's, it's kind of tied a little bit to that information piece of it. You know, I want to have some more information. I want to, or I want to delay my decision. Um, and, and buying high is really easy and buying low is really hard. So, um, you know, it's a really interesting thing that people say. And it's very natural too, as we said earlier, you know, that they want to wait until things get better. Well, no, unfortunately, no one sends us an email or text message when the market's at an opportune time to buy. Yeah, I mean, arguably, if you talk about a, quote, scary market, right? I mean, you can make an argument that the market as it stands right now, um, you know, at, at, at all-time highs, this is a, if you're going to define something as scary, this is a more scary market than when the market has just gone through a 25% downturn. Kevin, why is it a scarier market now than when the market's gone through a 25% downturn? I mean, kind of going back to the example we kind of just talked about, it seems like there's a bigger chance it'll go down from this huge high than go up even more than it already is. Yeah, and the issue with all of that is, you know, people have come to us recently and said, well, the market's at an all-time high, and therefore, you know, I want to start pairing back or planning my time to get out of the the market. And, and my answer to them really is, well, is the market overvalued? And we don't know really the answer to that question because, you know, people are judging it by a number and oftentimes they aren't judging it by the underlying fundamentals of what the market valuation actually is. So, you know, if somebody came to us and said, I believe that the market is significantly overvalued because, earnings are deteriorating and there's a, a ratio called the price earnings ratio or the caper ratio that we watch a lot of. And, you know, if you said, historically speaking, it's at a high point and earnings are deteriorating and I can see that, um, you know, I read retail sales numbers and I read shipping numbers and I read inventories on, 
autos and those are increasing. And, you know, for all those reasons, I believe it's overvalued. Well, that's, that's a reasonable argument to be made if we use a lot of data, but just saying, oh, the, the Dow is at, you know, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18,000. And you just say, well, it's, it's just at a high number that doesn't really mean anything. Um, I think that we need to get back to the understanding that the Dow number is just basically the total valuation of the future cash flows of, uh, you know, of each company. So, you know, really we need to look at in context what this all means because a number is just a number. We just need to know the data points behind that number. Yeah. And from our, from our contention or from our stance on, on all of this, the ability to pick when, when somebody gets in, when somebody gets out, timing it to the extent of, of, of being opportunistic it's a dangerous um, area to play in regardless of, of how much knowledge you have of the market or the data points that Clint's referring to. Our recommendation time in and time out for clients, regardless of whether the market's at a high, a low, in the middle, is if you if you consistently invest over time and don't worry about is the market high, is it low, is it a good buy, is it not a good buy, is it on sale, is it not on sale, we just consistently invest throughout time. We basically neutralize those highs and lows anyways, and we make it so that our investments maybe aren't necessarily bulletproof from from the whims of the market, but it's a much more dependable path and strategy than the idea of, I'm going to wait, I'm going to buy in now, I'm going to sell out here, I'm going to invest more money here, I'm going to not invest more money here. The, The issue with it more than anything is that it brings emotion into these decisions, which is one of, if not the number one uh, worst characteristic that we can invite into uh, a financial and money conversation. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Nate. Uh, It's very difficult when we're going through those sorts of of emotions and and making decisions based on those emotions. And for long-time horizons, I completely agree with you that putting money in systematically is the best way to invest, rebalancing your money, not trying to time in and out the easiest button to push is the button to flush your portfolio, all the cash. Um, and then it's extremely difficult to pick when you're going to get back in because of all those emotions that, that happen during theirs. And that's why we don't recommend that a lot of people trade a lot of individual stocks because it's easy to hit that buy button. It's really easy to hit that sell button. And then when you, what do you, when you buy back in, what do you buy? Um, that's why we believe strongly in using funds and diversification. So I think you can trim around the edges and you can, you know, make some smart bets here and there, but trying to time in and out of the market is a futile decision. And, and really, I think it's, it's one that we should not consider to do at all. I think that's a, that's a way we need to stay fully invested pretty much at all times. And we can change allocations a little bit and risk profiles, but we can't be in or out of the market. Yeah. One, one, um, kind of question and it's, it's a, it's a tongue-in-cheek question, but but there's a, a fair amount of seriousness to it as well. Is you know, are you an investor or are you a gambler? Um, because investors have strategies; they have you know time-tested uh, methods, systematic investing, um, rebalancing, broad diversification. I mean, these these are tenets of of investors. Gamblers, um, and again, there's nothing wrong with gambling from time to time. I mean, there's a reason why Vegas exists, right? But if we're gambling with our money and gambling is timing, gambling is I'm going to put a huge percentage of my assets in one area trying to hit a home run. Um, gambling is, is, is more of a I'm going to try to beat, and in some cases I'm going to try to significantly beat 
the market beat some sort of benchmark as opposed to saying, I'm an investor, therefore I have a philosophy, therefore I have a, a method of how I do this and through the help of an advisor. It's this investing path that I'm on is going to get me where I'm trying to go. That is much less about gambling and much more about smart financial decisions at that point. Thank you for joining us on Give Me Some Truth and also our Alternative Facts podcast. Uh, in future episodes, we're going to tackle very similar um, sorts of subject matter, and we hope that you'll continue to join us. Advisory services are offered through Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the states of Wisconsin and Texas. Clint Walkner and Nate Condon are investment advisor representatives of Walkner Condon. Kevin Castro is an office manager and marketing communications specialist for Walkner Condon Financial Advisors. He is not registered, and his participation in this podcast is limited to unregistered activities and will not be providing any advice that is investment-related, nor should any comments he makes be construed as giving investment advice. Insurance products and services are offered through WC Insurance Services, LLC, Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC, and WC Insurance Services, LLC, are affiliated companies. Content should not be viewed as an offer to buy or sell any of the securities mentioned or as legal or tax advice. You should always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. Walkner Condon Financial Advisors LLC is not engaged in the practice of law. Whenever you invest, you are at risk of loss of principal as the market does fluctuate. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Purchases are subject to suitability. This requires a review of an investor's objective, risk tolerance, and time horizons. Investing always involves risk and possible loss of capital. Long-term care, estate planning, insurance products, and tax advice are not offered through Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC. Walkner Condon works on a best efforts basis and does not promise or guarantee any results. Past performance does not represent future results. Please see walknercondon.com for additional disclosures.